And well to this pop-up podcast from The Devil in Detail. I'm Rob Paxson, and I'm here talking all things World Cup Rugby. The World Cup begins this weekend. 16 countries from all over the world doing battle to be crowned Rugby League World Cup winners. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be thrills. It's going to be fantastic. Been waiting 12 months for this, and it's finally here. Some of the teams have already played friendlies in preparation for the big kickoff. Members of the press spoke to Callum Watkins before the Fiji game, and this is what we had to say. During the year about you, you wanting to get there, what was what was your mind? Like when you finally found out you were in the squad? Yeah, 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 pretty much. Um, obviously, it's been kind of a tougher opening the last couple of years. But I've enjoyed this year because it's been great in terms of club level and it's given me the opportunity to get a place in the English squad, which I'm just really grateful for. And so people are talking about. Going on and doing it, we always talk about going on and doing it, but for you personally, it would it be nice to do it, not just to be the first team to do it in 72, but so people don't talk yeah. about that. Yeah. 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 I, get, I get reminders now and again. Um, it just reminds me how close we got to, to, to winning it, so yeah, it, it, for us it's about. Watch your back, Cal. For us it's just about just leaving and uh, I think we've got a really good squad that can lead the way there. Uh, we know we've got some tough opposition ahead, which is the challenge and that's 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 the way it should be. Yeah. And obviously you mentioned the Salford lads there. Um, I don't think anybody could have picked that out at the start of the season. And yeah, because it's needed especially. But what what's that what have they brought to Salford which do you think can transform to England as well? What can they bring to England if, if called upon? I think the just the, the confidence and the form that they've brought in, uh, especially towards the back end, mid to the back end of the year. I think you know Sneedy's always been a player that loves to control the game. His kicking games, you know, always always spot on. That provide really good things for us, you know, with, with England and Akers has just been progressing year on year. I think he's 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 gained that confidence to to back himself a lot more. He's always been solid defensively. He's just going to help in his position in the middles. Across that, it's going to be tough. Um, but it's some, someone that is that probably both are really enthusiastic about playing for England, and it showed in terms of their reactions of being picked, how much it means to them, and uh, that's 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 amazing. For I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say well, we'll no doubt speak to Sneedy at some point, but he always seems the most laid-back coach in the world. You know, was was he actually? Yeah, wow. yeah, it's, talking, uh, it's taken aback from it. I think uh, <laughs> it, I think he's he's been waiting a long, a long, yeah. long time for, for the opportunity. Uh, I think he's been close quite a few times to, to get in this club and talked about getting into this club, but it's yeah. just not happened for him. But this time, I think it's it's it's, it's his time, which is which is great for him. And I'm just really proud of both of them. Uh, really proud of the Salford club as well. I think they've been a big key in helping us. Uh, in terms of our season, I think we've had a great year, and um, you know the rewards of of the players playing well is an opportunity playing in the World Cup. It's just, just finally for me, obviously some some new faces in the backs. Um, obviously Herbie, 
Dom Young, uh, Kai Pierce, well, what, as a, you're a senator still, like, well, I know <laughs> Yeah, you are, as a, as a, yeah, as a senator, what, what are they, what can, what's it like seeing these, these young talents come through? Because England have always whinged about not having enough senators coming through, sort of thing, and now yeah. it's, it's obviously Harry Newman, who's obviously injured as well, good for the future. Yeah, really good for the future. I think there's a couple of players obviously have missed out, like Harry said, uh, would have been a great addition for us. Especially, especially the squad. But the likes of Dom and, and Herbie have got that experience through, through the NRL this year. Uh, I know Herbie's been injured for a while, but uh, he's been part of the team that um, I've struggled over the past couple of years, but then this year done really well. Yeah. And he's been a key, he was a key part of that uh, side here, so uh, it's great. It's, it's great to have that mix of experience, but also young players that have got that experience, especially in the NRL as well, so it's a great mix for us. Well. Does, does Mark Sneed ever get emotional about anything, ever? Well, well, I guess, he, well, to be fair, in, in the games, in the games you can, he's, you can get emotional at times, but um, I think in terms of the reaction of his uh, getting the England call up, yeah, it's it's amazing for him, it's, it's good, but like I say, off the field, he's just really chilled and laid back. Just chill out guy and um, he's been he's, he's been great for us this year. But he's been great all pretty much all his career. I think and the opportunity here has been given. I think he's he's worked hard for it and uh, he's, he's certainly deals his opportunity. You mentioned about and, and Andy building his confidence over the year. Is that something that senior players of which you are, when even though you're way younger than me, is that something that senior players among the, the group at Software have actually sort of worked and helped bring 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 him out of himself a bit maybe? Yeah, there's a mix of that, and there's also a mix of the coaching staff as well. I think he, Rolls has played a big part in terms of uh, giving him the confidence to squat down back himself and play. He's just showed on the field. I think he's been he's been great for us, especially mid to the back end of the year. He's he's been he's been the best. He's been the best for this year. And, um, for me, he's top quality operator. Again, it's just about confidence and getting an opportunity. Like he'll, he'll take a football fans uh, this opportunity in England. There's a chance of going on the field. He's going to give it 100. Have, have you seen a change in Andy over the last year or so? Like as he's got more confident on the field, he's been a bit more bubbly off the field, sort of thing. Like before, he was quite reserved. So like, I don't really deserve to be here, sort of thing. He's quite, he's quite, he's quite humble in, in how he thinks and how he sees things. Um, but it's the, it's the thing, it's the confidence thing. If you play well, these opportunities do come. Um, it's just it's just about consistency. I think he's just been consistent in, in what he's done this year. And, um, look, he's he's is an emotional character, and um, he just wants to do his best, you know, for his family, for his for the team. Like he'll give it hundred percent. No matter what, and that's what England need. In Kai Pierce Paul, a big lad who plays centre, does he remind you of anyone? <laughs> he's a bit bigger and taller, but yeah, uh, he's, 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 he's been great. I think he's been a fantastic uh, acquisition for, for Wigan. I think, I think early like last year he was playing in the back row, he didn't play that much, but. He can play in the back row, he can play in the centre as well, so it's a great, it's a great versatility really for, for him and also myself as well, so um, 
Yeah, he's, he's, he's been quality this year for, for Wigan. Deserves his place here. He's, he, he, when given the opportunity, he'll, he'll, be a, he'll be a massive threat for us. Again, sort of following up with, with Kai, similar to Andy, like, it's almost like convincing the players that they deserve to be here. They've earned their way place to be here at this level, not they're here just for the ride, you know. And that, that's yeah. important to sort of convince them, isn't it, that they're here for a reason. Yeah, and I think... Sean's obviously mentioned that through, through the time he's been England coach about the players that are on form and the players that you know he can, he can lean on in terms of experience as well so there's a mix of that and it's good that he's brought in some, some players that will give us uh, some great things you know through, through, through the weeks in camp and get to know the younger guys as well it's, it's always great it's, it's always good being in camp and uh, we'll enjoy each other's company so it's good being in camp and uh, we'll enjoy each other's company but at the same time we know we've got a common goal to, to win the cup. just one last one on you do you feel in a similar sort of state both mentally and physically as you were in 2017 yeah I think so I think um, obviously things have, <coughs> have changed off the field but in terms of um, my mental state or time on the field is yeah, it's pretty similar to, to what it was in 17 and that's that's good because it's going to give me great confidence going into to camp and then obviously the opportunities of playing um, and this year's been, been really good I've really enjoyed the, the, the on the field and the off the field stuff so just getting on with my life I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with where I'm at so uh, that's got me into, into a good position really so I'm grateful for it that was Callum Watkins talking to Gaz Carter. England played Fiji at the AJ Bell last Friday and won 50 points to nil. Andy Ackers, Callum Watkins rung to try scorers. Mark Sneed, who kicked seven goals. I spoke to Mark Sneed after the game, and this we had to say. I'm joined by uh, Mark Sneed. Congratulations. How was that for you? Yeah, it was really good. Um, yeah. Obviously, making my debut over the moon, chuffed to bits. But more importantly, like performed, performed well. I think everybody performed pretty well, and we put ourselves on um, like in the right direction for for the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, seven goals as well brought you your club form into the international stage. Yeah, I kicked well. I kicked well. Yeah. I yeah. Don't, don't really know what else to say. That I kicked well. Yeah. What's it been like in the, in the camp this week? Obviously, building up to the World Cup. Um, no, it's been good. Obviously, it's my first. My first first experience of it, but all the lads have been um, been incredible as as you'd expect. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of settled in there now and, and looking forward to um, what happens over the next couple of months. What was it like partnering George uh, Williams? Yeah, look, he's um, he's obviously an incredible player in this. So I'm I'm enjoying it. I think. Um, I think today there were probably a few scratchy areas. Of, I won't say rusty. I'd say a bit like not not quite on the same page areas. But that's bound to happen with two halfbacks that have never played together. So, but I think for, for our first hit out, um, hopefully it went well enough. Tomorrow next week, big test. Yeah, it is. Look, I just I'm, like I'm, I'm one of them that I, I won't think too much about the opposition, especially with the players that I've got got around here um, in this camp. Obviously, I think, I think the players that we've got around here we could do something pretty special. So I'm I'm, I'm just excited, and I'll, I'll 
I look forward to next week coming off a good playing, yeah. You've come a long way, haven't you, from, uh, from making your debut at Salford at the Willows, haven't you? I have, yeah. A bit of a nightmare, nightmare debut as well, so probably didn't expect to be here at all. So, yeah, I'll just uh, I'll enjoy every step of the way. Brilliant. Cheers, Matt. England were very impressive, I thought, especially in the first half. Shoulders plenty uh, What to uh, what is to come in the, uh, in the games. I'm looking forward to see what Sean Wayne's team can do. Fiji had King Vuniyawa, Salford Red Devils, prop forward in their ranks. And this is what he had to say after the match. So I'm joined by uh, King Bunny Ayawa. Defeat tonight, but your boys played well. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, especially in this weather too, it was good for them, but I feel like we really needed that just to get ourselves ready for a big game next week. But uh, there's some heads are down, but um, I'm pretty uplifted with that. You know. Give a taste of boys of uh, the new uh, loads of boys with it. Not debut, but you know what it tastes like, what, what it's like. Had a taste of what it's like to play against the top four teams. So. We're going to be playing uh, probably the best team in the world next week, so nah, that was real good. Very impressive display, had a great season at Solferwell, brought it into this game. Yeah, yeah, definitely, you know, obviously trying to bring my performance into the game. Uh, different team, different different level as well, but uh, all is going well, and I'm uh, uh, really enjoying it, especially in camp as well, so nah, that's quite good. Yeah. Australia next week, obviously after today, uh, big test against the uh, you know, potential favourites. Yeah, yeah, definitely massive test for us. I feel like... Uh, it's a good thing for us to, to, to have them as our first challenge and uh, you know get that and they have have a taste of what you know what to expect for the World Cup and yeah, leading into the finals if we do make finals so yeah nah, big big challenge but looking forward to it. Brilliant. Cheers talking to us and uh, good luck. So, thank you. All the friendlies that took place last weekend, Wales uh, played Lebanon and lost 38 points to 22. It was played in Sale at Haywood Road. Uh, Reese Williams featured for Wales. In Halifax, France took on Tonga and lost 48 points to 12. Morgan Escaray was in the uh, French ranks. New Zealand played Leeds at Headingley and won at 74 points to nil. Leeds had ex Salford Junior Sow and Elijah Taylor in their ranks and also Scotland they faced England Knights uh, in a friendly with Ryan Briley playing for Scotland and Dion Cross and Tyra Dupree playing for England Knights uh, Scotland lost 4-28 and finally Jamaica played Cumbria and lost 12-28 The Physical Disability Rugby League World Cup is also taking place during this period, the 23rd of October at Victoria Park, Warrington, Australia, England, New Zealand and Wales will do battle to see who will be crowned world champions. I spoke to Sulphur Devils player and Welsh captain Ben Lewis about the tournament and what he's looking forward to. Yeah, so... The World Cup is a big thing. It's happening at the moment. I'm joined by the PDRL Welsh captain. It's Ben Lewis. Welcome to the show, Ben. Oh, thank you for having me, Rob. Yeah, excited about the World Cup and uh, everything that's going on. Yeah, really excited. Yeah, we've um, we've prepared quite well over the last two years. Obviously, tournament delayed by COVID, but you know, in that time, we've had. Um, we plenty of time to prepare and train a lot more, meet up a lot more, and and recruit extra numbers as well. So it's no, it's been quite good, quite uh, confident about the squad that we have, and 
positive about the uh, all the progress we're making as a group. Is that been a big challenge for you as captain to keep everybody sort of ticking over ready for the for the big dance? Yeah, I mean, you know, as as well as focusing on my own performance, I think it's uh, it has been a bit of a key factor to try and sort of motivate and inspire the rest of the team, you know, those around me as well. But, you know, I I don't need to to motivate them really. Everyone's fired up to to play for Wales. It's uh it's uh, going to be one hell of a show. As the as the interest sort of took off in Wales as well, is there people stopping in your street and asking you, you know, wishing you well? Yeah, obviously rugby league isn't as popular in Wales as rugby union, but the sport's growing massively. We don't really have a PDRL setup in in, in Wales. We have mixed ability clubs uh, rug, that play rugby union, but um, the interest in in league is growing. We've got we've got a number of of Origin teams set up and. Uh, different towns uh, are forming different clubs as well. Or clubs that have been around for a long time, just uh, it's just not as as well known as Union. But uh, it's getting there. It's, it's it's growing massive. Is that so? The well, the infrastructure is in place. Just a matter of sort of padding out with a bit of meat. Now that's what that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, but you're you're the, you're the captain, aren't you? So you're like the sort of the big head, and there's people sort of in Wales who are sort of going to be inspired by you and the boys taking that taking the pitch in Warrington and, and representing we Wales. And that's what it's all about. That's what the World Cup is. It's about inspiring everybody, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's massive. I think you know whether you've whether you believe it or not. I think anyone who's ever played a sport has has always wanted to represent their country in, in whatever sport it is. I never thought I'd have that opportunity myself, but with uh, the formation of of PDRL and uh, all the Super League clubs getting on board as well, and this uh, this inaugural World Cup being spearheaded now, with I think everyone. Uh, if I had two hands, I probably would have grabbed the opportunity with two hands. So <laughs> I think I've done my best to grab the one hand that I've got. <laughs> <laughs> you only need one hand to offload, though. That's all that matters. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> How did you? Uh, how did you get into rugby league? Uh, I played a little bit of rugby league while I was at school. Obviously, union was was the main was the main sport growing up in in South Wales in particular. I think rugby league is a bit more popular in North Wales, but it's it's like I said earlier, it's, it's grown massively in South Wales. Um, I got a lot of friends who play rugby league, but the opportunity actually came along while playing for my um, my mixed ability rugby union club, the Patalba Panthers. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think uh, Craig Fisher from Salford Red Devils sort of made contact with different uh, mixed ability clubs in South Wales to say, look, we're gonna we're gonna be putting a, a Welsh team together. Would anyone like to uh, like to come and come for a trial? And I have to. Uh, there's no way I couldn't give it a go. Really. It's an opportunity to represent Wales, and it's what I've always dreamed of, really. What was that like that first time that you got selected? Uh, it was it was kind of quite a surreal moment, I think. Who were you playing? So uh, we turned up to um, uh, an initial trial slash training session at uh, Abraham Green Stars in in South Wales, and uh, the, the people who turned up, we had no idea what to expect really, and we were put through our paces by uh, the likes of. Craig Fisher and Matt Drinkwater, both from Salford, and uh, strength and conditioning coach as well, who's played for uh, Wales Dragonhearts, Jared Hinnom. And I think we were two of us were pulled to one side at the end of the training session to say that uh, that we've been selected, and it was a very surreal moment, very 
very proud moment, actually. And obviously, at that point, were you selected as a captain, or did that come later? Uh, the the foundations have been put in place to sort of gauge interest to see how many people were available, how many men over the age of 18 with disabilities were around who had either played rugby or wanted to give rugby a go. I actually received the call from Craig Fisher around November time. Um, I took part in a white collar boxing event on the November, and I was actually at work for the, the week following because I had been touched from a boxing match, and I had a phone call up there, and I just thought I came across very well and asked me to captain the squad, and because of the concussion I'd suffered, I, I wasn't sure if I was imagining the call or whether it was just a very, uh, very surreal dream but when I woke up and saw the when my call was here that I had a call up the, the way as I thought I thought oh my god I've been asked to captain it's uh, immensely proud yeah and obviously we're, we're now with the World Cup and sort of coming you know in open the next sort of couple of weeks you're you're the captain you'll be able to lead your troops into into battle uh, at Warrington against uh, England Australia and New Zealand yeah I think the first game is going to seem like a like a battle with We've got New Zealand up first, so obviously we're going to be the first team to face the hacker as well. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's something they're immensely proud of as a country, uh, as a rugby-loving country, both codes. But um, as well as being part, a huge part of their culture, it's uh, it's a challenge. You know, it's a it's a war dance at the end of the day. So mm. we've got, we've got to treat it with the respect they deserve, but also. We've got to be prepared to go into battle. It's uh, all psychological, isn't it? That's what it's all about. That's what that begin, beginning of the match where both teams line up and look into each other's eyes. That's the at sometimes that's where the battles won and lost, really. Yeah, we're we're confident in our own ability. I mean, we're all proud to be representing Wales. We're all proud to be representing our friends and our family. But essentially, when when we take the field, whoever it's against, there's no doubt everyone we play against will have the same amount of pride in representing their country as what we do. So what it comes down to is whoever wants it more in that hour, uh, as they say, cometh the hour, cometh the man. And every single one of my boys, they, they, they're raring to go. They're really up for it. Everyone's backing themselves. And uh, I can't ask any more, more than that, to be honest. What's Craig like as a coach? He's, uh, he's been phenomenal. He's very knowledgeable. Um, obviously quite passionate about the game. Passionate to... To head the Wales team as well. He's always on the end of the phone if if we need any help or advice or anything that we can do that's extra beyond our, our training sessions. And yeah, he's full of uh, full of motivation, especially on WhatsApp. But he's he's a great coach. He's um, I don't think he's, we can we can have asked for head coach. To be honest. Yeah, obviously you know the PDRL World Cup. Is there any kind of sort of rules that we need, we kind of might need to get our head round if we're coming to to watch at Warrington um, that are different to what we would normally watch in like a normal standard rugby league game? A normal style rugby league game is um, obviously it's a it's a full pitch. The, the the games will be played a full pitch. I'm pretty sure from from what I've observed the uh, the pitch will be narrower in PDRL. Okay. So the the halves are in 25-minute halves, so it's it's a 50-minute game rather than an 80-minute game. Mm-hmm. But 
pretty much the uh, the principles are more or less the same. Obviously, those who are going to be playing in red shorts are, are non-contact players, so they can they can tackle by either touching or being touched. And everyone else who's not in red shorts, they're uh, they're there for the taking. <laughs> Fair game. <laughs> uh, what um, uh, what position do you play? So I've um, in union. I've always sort of been a back row player and I think in, in league the, the closest uh, position to that would be loose forward so that's where I've been uh, that's where I've been picked as uh, as part of this World Cup squad uh, and obviously you know we're going into this World Cup you've got is it three games and then the final the Halliwell Jones quite in quite quick succession like uh, two days between each game I think that'd be sort of difficult obviously you know physically having to back up sort of time after time after time it's been sort of probably the best players in the world yeah uh, to be honest I think it's just one day uh, one rest day in between each game so we've yeah, got yeah. New Zealand first England second and we've got Australia in the final group game mm-hmm. and then on the 30th we've got the third and fourth place playoff and the uh, the top two teams then from that table will will progress to the final in the in the Halliwell Jones Stadium following Samoa versus France I believe it is so yeah whoever's got a ticket for that that game is uh, great because they've got a they've got a ticket for a World Cup final as well yeah and obviously, you know, we're, we're talking about ambitions and, and sort of chances. You're confident you're going to go in there and get a result? Uh, yeah, I expect every single rugby player taking part in this competition to back themselves. I wouldn't I'd expect nothing less, to be honest. I know uh, where the, you know, in comparison to England, Australia and New Zealand, very big rugby league loving countries, very proud countries as well. They're going to back themselves. Uh, we've probably been the unknown quantity in this World Cup. We've probably been a quiet party, really, and I, I don't know if, if they're going to expect much from us, but uh, uh, be, pre- be prepared, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, that's that's what it's all about. That's the message. Go under, under the radar and, and it will upset the apple cart. That's the, that's the probably the, your, your sort of plan coming into this World Cup. Uh, but the plan is not so much to go under the radar. I mean, if if people are aware of us, or if they're not aware of us, that's not really that's not really our concern. Our concern from day one has just been, you know, preparing as best as we can, putting the foundations in place, making sure everyone's aware of each other and how we all play alongside each other on the pitch, and everyone does their jobs to the best of their ability. Obviously, we've got some big hitters, we've got some flyers. Just play to your strengths and uh, it should all come together very nicely. Yeah, just before I let you go, we'll, we'll just touch on uh, Salford Devils PDRL team. We've had a very successful season. We've played some good rugby. Yeah, I've, um, I have come to, uh, come to a Salford training session, uh, unfortunately, with the, with the World Cup preparations and uh, my commitments with my uh, mixed ability rugby team in South Wales. I've had very little opportunity to get up to Salford to play in uh, festivals and stuff, but uh, certainly next season when when the new uh, the new rugby league season kicks off, I'll, I'll be looking to feature a lot more. This, um, you know, from what I've been told by other teammates, the the festivals have been very well run, and everyone's uh, everyone's had a great run out. Yeah, you've had is it, in fact, is it three or four of you that come, that come up from from Wales every game? That's that commitment to the cause, isn't it? Covering all all this all that way uh, to to Salford to represent the shirt. Yeah, but clearly the uh, the love of the game is there. Clearly the the passion and the, the want and the desire to play is there. Um, you know, for a, for a lot of the boys who, who are South Wales based, this is practically a ten hour round trip just yeah. to 
play a couple of games of rugby is, um, you know, if they didn't want to be there and if they didn't want to, to pull on the Salford Red Devils shirt and represent the club, they, they wouldn't do it. So, yeah, I mean, the interest is there and, and the, the, the love of the game is, uh, is certainly grown on us. Yeah. Ben, I wish you all, all the luck in the world uh, in this World Cup and uh, hope you, you bring the uh, the trophy back to, to Wales and uh, continue good form uh, next season uh, in the shirt of uh, Salford Red Devils. Oh, that's brilliant. We'll do our best. Thanks for having me, Rob. So that was Welsh captain and Salford Devils player Ben Lewis talking to me about the PDRL World Cup, which is taking place over the next uh, couple of weeks. Wales take on New Zealand at Victoria. Victoria Park Warrington on the 23rd of October. Uh, England face Australia on the same day. And then the 25th, Wales take on England. Australia take on New Zealand. Wales England at 2pm. Australia New Zealand at 4pm. On the 28th of October, England face New Zealand at 5pm. And Australia take on Wales at 7.30. And then the final is at Halliwell Jones on the 30th of October. So good luck to all the teams. Going to be a fantastic tournament. As well as the rugby being played, there's also a spectacular cultural festival taking place which celebrates the sport and the power of togetherness. I spoke to director Kate Fuller and Southpaw Dance Company's director Roby Graham about the performance and what the fans can look forward to in the next few weeks. So, the Rugby League World Cup is upon us, but it's not just about the rugby. There's lots going on off the field as well. I'm joined by Katie Fuller and Robbie Graham. They're from Pinwheel and are part of the big performance that's going on off the field. The power of performance, an outdoor performance to add atmosphere to the games and the surrounding cities. Uh, welcome to the show, uh, both. Katie, looking forward to the World Cup and... Uh, you know, you're, you're the part you're playing in. Very much so. Um, it's been a long time coming. Um, as everybody knows, we were expecting to be able to create this show last year. And, um, you know, the, the tournament being postponed meant we're, we're finally here on the doorstep of it this year. But, um, but yeah, it's great to be part of, um, of, the, of the thing. From my point of view, I, I love doing arts projects, which bring together audiences that might not normally go and see shows, put things out on the streets. So that's what we're all about with this one. It's obviously, is that a big part, do you think, of this, uh, you know, production sort of reaching out to people who might not be engaged in rugby league? It's both sides, really. So we want to get rugby league fans who um, are on their way to the match to have a, yeah, a different experience, to see something else that they might not normally, you know, buy a ticket to see a show in a theatre. Maybe they would. We're after all of those people. Um, but vice versa as well. You know, we want, I think Robbie and I are both really interested in those crossover audiences and finding the thing that is just you know, spark of interest that 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 gets people um, excited about seeing something different. Yeah, tell us a bit about Pinwheel and the journey uh, so far. Um, so I'm the director of a Pinwheel. I've um, God, God, been working for longer than I care to admit to, about 25 years now, career in, in outdoor arts, doing shows, performances, installations, anywhere but in, in venues and theatres, really, out in the mm. street and found spaces in old warehouses, and again, that's about having a different experience for audiences. Um, and so uh, I, uh, part of my, one of the things we touched on when we were chatting before is part of my interest in getting involved with the Rugby League World Cup is that I spent 
six years um, living in Hull uh, as part of the city of Pulte team there and then um, running the legacy company afterwards and I could see how ingrained rugby league is in that city it's obviously you know a kind of heartbeat of the city with the two teams there as well and again you know when I was working there it was that thing where people were really just interested in every opportunity every experience that you put in front of them so we're now creating this show that we are taking to Newcastle which is my home now um, Hull, which is, I've got, you know, holds very close place in my heart. Leeds, which is again, you know, about to go into a big year of culture and is obviously a big um, rugby league t- uh, town as well. And then Manchester, where I was a student, so I feel very strongly about it. And I know that, you know, that kind of wonderful approach to openness to new experiences is part of what's, what's great for us about doing this. Yeah, obviously, Robbie, you know, we talk about outdoor performances. Uh, does that cause you challenges uh i love creating for the outdoors to be honest um i'm from an outdoor background with as part of southpaw dance company i'm artistic director of the company we have created a long number of shows both in turn and non-turn with professional and non-professional casts we work a lot with community casts we do a lot of uh, large-scale sort of mass movement pieces to celebrate you know stuff like the opening for london borough culture or you know, we tend to work a lot in the north and the northern cities, just like Katie said, it's really amazing that we're, you know, touring the northern cities with this one. It's just uh, pretty close to home. I uh, live in Newcastle as well, and uh, I've previously worked in Hull. Uh, Katie was instrumental in commissioning some of our work way back when for City of Culture. So we were just off a call with a community cast in Hull there, um, just getting excited really about, um, you know, visiting each city, working with different people in each city. And really sort of embedding the performance within the communities of each city. So yeah, we're really excited about it. And obviously being a World Cup, it's a big event in the in the rugby league world. And you're you're obviously, you know, helping to sort of promote that, but also bring your, you know, your special skills into it. Yeah, as I say, we work a lot in the outdoors. We pride ourselves on creating work that, you know, a lot of the time the shows that we create will be in front of audiences who may not go to the theatre, mm. may not pay for a ticket uh, to normal, perform- you know, theatre ticketed performances. So for us, we love to create work that's accessible, that people can happen upon, that'll excite people. We love a sense of spectacle. And we don't mess about when we create a show, we create a show. You know, we throw a lot of bells and whistles at it and it's really physical. And in this one in particular, we're really excited about the storytelling because, you know, when you look at rugby league and its origins and where it's at now and the World Cup itself, the the story that we've created is 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 really really exciting and i've learned so much through the process of it you know so we really really hope people love it you know both rugby league fans and people who happen upon it for other reasons yeah talking about the stories kate there's uh, three unique stories uh, mm. in in the production tell us tell us you know a little bits about that feed us summer and you know excitement yeah sure um well, you'll know that the tournament strapline is the power of together. And yep. that was something that was threaded through everything we were thinking about when we were creating this show, both bringing together professional casts and participant casts, but also just looking at what that means for rugby league. So the three stories that we're telling in this, uh, the first one is kind of origins and, and history of rugby league, which is such a brilliant northern working class story already about, um, you know, People sort of standing up for their right to be paid to play rather than, you know, broken broken time rather than losing pay due to injury. So we've got a very uplifting Northern Pride story for the first one. Our second story is about um, the sh- kind of shift in the ch- in the game, though, from so to its kind of diversification now. So the fact that this 
this year is the first time ever that the men's, the women's and the wheelchair tournaments are all being run in parallel um, with the same profile, same media attention. That was the focus for this second story for us. So we tell the story of three characters, a black player, a female player and a wheelchair player and how they have been kind of pioneers in paving the way for lots of people to be able to access playing the game and to feel like it's for them. And for our third story, we really wanted to celebrate the kind of um, relationship between the fans and the players and that same kind of passionate response, an emotional response that you have, whether you're the player on the pitch or you're the fan in the terrace and how everybody has that kind of same visceral experience of it all. So that's a really kind of meaty, hearty story in that zone where we've also got a choir forming as part of it and then a kind of exciting, spectacular surprise at the end of that piece as well. It all sounds very exciting, Robbie. Obviously, being so Red Devils, our mantra is together stronger. So we're on the same page here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is it. We're really excited about it. Um, I mean, the story the story itself, it kind of, we're working with an amazing writer called Simon Sharkey. Um, and he's just incredible. But, you know, he's put this beautiful, beautiful poetic text that just, just drives the story through. And as I said... You know, from the sort of broken time uh, payments and the appeal to the RFU all the way down to the George Hotel and how that was, you know, such a such a pivotal moment. Um, it's it's it, it, the story's like it's been so fascinating to explore and uh, to translate it into something which then, you know, has spectacle and, you know, lots of dust in the air and angle grinders and, you know, bits and sparks flying everywhere and what have you. There's there's lots of things to celebrate within the show. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a bit of a spectacle, and hopefully, um, you know, if you've just happened upon it, the hope is that you'll really get something from it that you may not have known, or if you did, hopefully we've done uh, paid homage to you know those roots and where the game is, has has as a progression has has developed too. Yeah, and so obviously it must be a real moment for you both. Obviously, with what happened with the pandemic and how the arts suffered in in them them periods, um, you know, this is a real sort of sort of a moment where you can think, yeah, we went through that, but this is this is a big moment in it, Katie. Yeah, it has been a tough couple of years for lots of different sectors, um, but yeah, particularly for ours, we've been feeling it strongly. You know, the reason we do this stuff is to get live shows out in front of audiences gathered together on mass. So we've had a, a time when we weren't able to do that, and mm. so to be able to be back out on the streets feeling that sense of kind of community together with a big group of people um, is, yeah, is, is huge. It's, it's about time. And that's the thing, I suppose, about the performers, uh, Robbie, you know, it's, it's their big moment to, sh- to shine. This is it. I mean, look, as I said before, we pride ourselves on creating shows with professionals, non-professionals and um, working across mass movement as well. So we are still recruiting. Um, we're still recruiting um, community performers and, for that recruitment process, you don't need to be a dancer. You don't need to have any training. If you want to be a part of the celebration and the wraparound activity and the cultural program that goes alongside Rugby League World Cup, all you have to do is go on Pinwheel website, go on social media, seek it out, and uh, sign up. And you can sort of, um, we teach the choreography in sort of two sessions, and then we're on site. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really exciting. We're still looking for people in Hull and Manchester and Leeds, so... Mm-hmm. Give your give your mates a bell there, Rob, and get them down. You know it'll be good crack. They'll be stampeding there, mate. Don't you worry, they'll be. They'll just they'll just follow the big star. They'll come. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, that's it, good. Get get involved. Get to it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Kate, you know your vast experience as a director. How big of a big of a 
project is this compared to what you're used to? This is a biggie because it's in a different realm because, you know, I'm talking to different audiences, but also it's working across um, four different cities in quite close um, succession as well. So this has been challenging too, but every project is the most important project you're ever working on. I mean, that's the way it goes for mm. us. This, this is the focus at the moment and this is the, the thing that we really want to see see shine but yeah there's a big um you know the, the international element of the tournament the fact that we know as well as those local resident audiences that will be playing to and spectators there'll be people that have traveled from a very long way to see the matches and hopefully we'll see the show as well so yeah have you factored that in obviously you know we're fijians we've got Papua new guineans we've got you know countries all over the world coming to to to, to watch the rugby league have you sort of investigated their cultures and see if you can add a bit of their magic to yours yeah we've got um sorry i'm talking over robbie we have we've got stories from um from across the globe as well yeah. but we've also got representation of that we were very keen although we start very much in that kind of as we were saying northern england roots it's about then moving into a transition where this is about the fact that it's the World Cup and this is a game that's played globally and that it's got a different kind of um, pathway in all of those different countries too. Robbie, thoughts and feelings? Yeah. Uh, I just think the beautiful thing about it is that, you know, it's it's universal, isn't it? So if you're coming from Australia, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, anywhere that you're coming from, it's going to, you know, you're going to appreciate the beauty of the game and the you know, especially in um, one of the we talked about, you know, the, the third zone, um, when when one of the fans actually steps out and speaks to us without giving too much of the story away, but it's a really beautiful moment of just taking in the breath and the, the the sights and the sounds and the smells and the stadium and you know the whole atmosphere and reflecting on that and turning a mirror on that and really showing that. So it's it's really exciting, and I hope that people, you know, I know how much people care about the rugby league and how much it means. So you know, we've really, really tried to, you know, to to reflect that in the show that we've created here. Your big tease, Rob. We're all there waiting now. <laughs> <laughs> the um, on the front also, line, Rob, just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> also, there's a the poetry part. Um, of, of this as well. Uh, can you tell us about that? So it's a totally different strand of the cultural festival that we're doing around um, around the whole tournament. But this strand's called the power of poetry, mm-hmm. and again, it was about this idea of um, of the power of together. So I've been working with an amazing artist um, called Robert Montgomery and his collaborators, Emergency Exit Arts, and one of his interests is in writing poetry. Uh, together with other people collaboratively, because it's not something that poets usually do as a matter mm-hmm. of. Course. So we've then worked with two poets that have a connection with each of the four cities that we're working in. And they've written together as a group and written these poems that try and capture one or another aspect or element of rugby league, whether that's the sounds of the stadium or that thing about coming back together after lockdowns or that sort of emotional response. They've written these very short poems, which we've now turned into big sculptural light pieces. And they're on the back of trailers so they're totally mobile and over the five weeks of the tournament they'll be driving around across the whole of the north we'll be releasing the schedule each week of where you can see those poems they'll be popping up at matches they're all launched um on thursday the 13th in leeds as part of the light night in leeds and then they set off on their travels um and hopefully people will see all four of them if they can at different points um how difficult was it to, to sort of pinpoint what you wanted out of each poet a poet well, 
you just have to set them off really that's the oh, thing okay. it's about giving, giving a bit of a starting point and then trusting that the artists and creative people will come back with something that's far better than you could have imagined when you'd when you'd ask them to think about it in the first place and that's why I love working with artists I come up with a bit of a framework and then I go here you go off you go and then what comes back and is reflected back to me is is always a joy and a delight to see so it was really interesting to see how they all took from the same starting point and came back with things that were really quite different yeah all these uh poets and performers uh robbie you know that that's what it's all about in it they they have the magic you've just got to make sure you you mold them this is it i mean uh, as uh, choreographer and director you can only take that take that into this and you're on this you know the show will ever only be as good as the people that are in the room with you and you got to collaborate to get to that end point but it's been really interesting actually i think the main thing that stood out to me about the process you know is Looking at the span from, you know, this, this story spans from 1895 all the way to sort of present day and beyond, you know, into the future and aspiration. And when mm -hmm. you look at it, you know, rugby, it's a very it's a very neat metaphor for a lot of things in life, whether it's, you know, working class rebellion. And I know we're all feeling the pinch at the minute. So even if you watch Zone 1, you might feel a little bit of truths there that are relatable to contemporary times, you know. And when you go to zone two, it's about progress and inclusivity and, and about diversity and about, you know, um, sort of the wheelchair rugby uh, league finals and all of the tournaments happening on the same weekend. So when you look at that, you know, it's about being open and about uh, acceptance. And then when you look at the, the, the beauty of the game and aspiration, you know, you apply that across your life. And we've all we've all learned so much from just even studying it and thinking about it. So it's really it is beautiful. It's a beautiful game. It's a beautiful metaphor for, you know, just progress in general and society in general, I guess. Yeah, I wish you both all luck in the world with it. Uh, I'm sure us fans will be all over it like a rash over the World Cup. And it'll be, uh, you know, one of the highlights uh, going forward. Uh, we hope so. Thanks very much. Thanks for having us, Rob. That was Katie Fuller and Roby Graham talking me about the cultural festival taking place uh, around the World Cup. Her performances you can see uh, in Newcastle on the 15th of October, Hull on the 22nd, Leeds on the 28th and Manchester on the 18th of November. So make sure you get down there and enjoy the experience. So round one of the World Cup starts this Weekend England face Samoa in Newcastle, Australia face Fiji, Scotland and Italy are also playing in Newcastle. That's on Sunday. Jamaica take on Ireland in Leeds, New Zealand face Lebanon at Warrington, France and Greece play on Monday night in Doncaster, Tonga and PNG play in St Helens on Tuesday, and Wales play Cook Islands in Lee on Wednesday. So good luck to all the teams and we'll be talking all about it on next week's Devon the Detail podcast. Big thanks for tuning in to our World Cup special and we'll see you next week for more World Cup and Solve for a Devil's Chat. Don't forget, you can find us on Facebook, Devon the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD and you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify and YouTube. Good luck, England and the other home nations. And we'll see you next week for more World Cup chat.
Dean said. Dean said. <laughs> <laughs>